on the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. Yes, still being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And yes, we are still continuing our series of stories from home because there is still no one traveling. Tonight, we're doing a follow-up to last week's episode, Inspect What You Expect. Thanks for listening. Hello. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And just a quick follow-up to last week's episode where we focused on inspecting what you expect, where I kind of went through my 2020 travel resolutions. And one of the things of my resolutions was managing my travel points and programs a little bit better. And I had talked about how I had moved from the Southwest Chase card over to the American Express Hilton card in the last month or so based primarily on the fact that Hilton American Express had really upped their points value going all the way up to $12 for every or 12 points for every dollar spent at the grocery store and my early part of the year January February my points with Southwest was right around 18 to 20,000 points a month I just got my May statement from American Express Hilton and came in right at 17,700 points so definitely uh, Hilton and American Express up, upping the point value has helped to put a little bit more points back into my balance. Within hours of last week's episode where I did talk about credit card points and how I utilize them, the points guy posted 13 expenses that you should not put on your credit card. Or should I say that Katie Gintner posted her take on it. I'll run through them pretty quick. Uh, taxes, Katie says you'll pay a fee between 1.87 and 1.99%, depending on the processing service you choose. Although no credit card bonus categories cover tax payments, some everyday spending credit cards may provide a high enough return to justify using a credit card. I've done it, done it several times over the years. I did pay a fee, but the points far outweighed the service fee that they charged me. Medical bills. Uh, Katie says, first, check that the medical bill is correct. Good point. And any insurance that you have has been factored in. Then if you aren't able to pay the bill outright, it may be worth calling the number on your bill to discuss options. Possibly you'll be able to negotiate a lower payment or a payment plan that will charge you less interest than your credit card. My copay is about the only thing that I really put medically related other than a steady, steady diet of aspirin on a credit card. However, we did have one of the residents here at Chateau Relaxo experience an insurance lapse a few years ago, and it just so happened to coincide with a fairly substantial medical bill, and they were able to make a phone call and negotiate a lower charge, close to 60 cents on the dollar in exchange for a cash payment. Most medical places would much rather have a pile of cash than have to deal with insurance companies or billing. Tuition, some schools accept credit cards, often charging a fee if you're able to pay your credit card off in full before you start accruing any interest. Paying tuition with a credit card can be a great way to rack up points. We've done it. I think Valencia did not take American Express at the time. We did absorb a fee, but like Katie says, we did rack up some great points. And of course, yes, you have to pay it off within the billing cycle. 
student loans. If so, Katie says, if you want to use a credit card to pay off your student loans, you should consider the fees involved in doing so. Also, make sure, of course, that you're able to pay off your credit card in full before you start acquiring any interest. I've never done it. Never made it to higher education. Don't have any student loans. Monthly rent or mortgage payments. It is rare to find a way to pay your rent or mortgage without paying additional fees. Although some tenants were recently allowed to pay their rent with a credit card without additional fees due to the COVID outbreak. For me, I've never done it. Not sure if I would ever. And if I'm starting to miss mortgage payments, there's probably a whole lot more wrong in my world than just missing a mortgage payment. Cash advances, although many credit cards advertise that you can withdraw money from an ATM using your card, and they also send you a nice little pile of convenience checks when you get your card. You are usually going to pay a cash advance fee when you use these services, and typically you don't get points. Katie's correct. I've never done this. If you look at your statement, cash advances do carry a higher interest rate. Katie says avoid large purchases that put you close to your credit limit. She says so when you make large purchases that put you close to your credit limit, your credit card utilization will increase, which may cause your credit card credit score to decrease. Of course, if you pay off your card balance quickly, the long-term effect on your credit score will generally be insignificant. We've put lots of large purchases on cards, so large that American Express has actually called us for verification of the purchase. However, if you are planning to finance a new home, motorhome, boat, car, or any significantly large purchase, I would avoid increasing that debt-to-income ratio on your credit report, like Katie suggests. Impulse splurges, but if you're short on money or already in debt, impulse splurges can cause you issues and should be avoided. Duh. To reduce impulse splurges, you may want to make a budget, avoid shops or situations that usually lead to impulse purchases, and only provide yourself a set amount of cash each month for fun purchases and splurges. Well, I've charged a bunch of stuff on splurges. That's what Amazon was built on, and I've actually paid them off during the billing cycle. And I have a closet full of dumb impulse purchases. Gambling expenses: the primary issue with using a credit card for gambling. As that the use of the card will likely be coded as a cash advance. This is because most credit cards consider gambling charges to be a cash equivalent, regardless of whether you use the credit card to fund online gambling or at an actual casino uh, withdrawing cash. For me, I've never done this. When it comes to gambling, I play with what they call scared money, which means I am so conservative that I will never hit it big. And you know what? Besides, I'm broken enough without having a gambling problem. Wedding expenses. Weddings are the one type of event where some consumers are willing to drop a ton of money. Katie says, but you won't want to put your wedding expenses on a credit card if you can't pay it off before you start acquiring interest. I've never done this. Our wedding was small. Didn't cost much. We used points to book everyone's hotel rooms. However, I do know folks. That have dropped twenty to thirty thousand dollars on kids' weddings. For me, I'm more inclined to offer the kids ten grand cash and then keep an additional or keep that remaining ten or twenty thousand dollars in my own pocket. Besides, I'm getting older and I'm going to need to the next decade or so. Vacation expenses. Vacations can be a good way to recharge and reconnect. But they can also get expensive. You shouldn't pay for a vacation using a credit card if you won't be able to pay off the balance before 
you start acquiring interest. Instead, you should take a vacation on a budget or take a less expensive staycation, or you could save up points and miles earned on everyday purchases to take a vacation once your balance is high enough to cover most expenses. She sounds like Dave Ramsey. Uh, I've done it, paid it off during the billing cycle. Most of our vacations are pretty well planned out. We pay for as much as we can in advance. We also, if you're going to one of the major theme parks, you may want to consider buying gift cards uh, and using those so that you can go into the park with a handful of cards. And typically we use points for flights, hotels, and rental cars. Vehicle purchases. If you want to purchase a vehicle, it can be tempting to use a credit card for some or all of the vehicle purchase to earn points. But you'll only want to use a credit card if, again, you're able to pay off the balance before you start acquiring interest. We've put several down payments on vehicles. Uh, we always come out ahead, always pay it off. We get the points. My one advice for buying vehicles is if you want to save money on your next vehicle, don't buy a new car. Get something a year old coming off lease. You'll more than likely uh, let somebody else eat all of that depreciation. Besides, most of the cars that we buy never appreciate in value. Discretionary spending. Whether you're looking at a new TV or a luxury vacation, you should avoid putting discretionary purchases on a credit card. If again, you won't be able to pull off, pay off your credit card balance in full. Uh, we do this every month and uh, we pay it off every month. So Katie, I hate to inform you, but I think you missed the mark on this one. I covered a whole list of the stuff that I put on cards, tuition, taxes, vehicle down payments. I use the card for anything that I intend to pay cash for. I haven't built up a huge point balance by purchasing fast food and gas for the cars. When it comes to credit cards, I have two very simple rules. Rule number one, if you pay off the card in full every month and there are no extra fees associated with it, I will charge it. I will go ahead and charge it and I will charge it. The rule number two is if I can't pay off my card in full every month, use a card that has a 0% interest rate, which are tough to find, but at least that way you can preserve a little bit of your cash and not let it go back to the credit card company. And here's what's funny is the day after this was posted on the points guy, the points guy posted, which credit card should I use to buy an engagement ring? So I'm not sure if you file an engagement ring purchase under discretionary spending, wedding expenses, or impulse splurges, possibly gambling because half of every marriage ends in divorce. I, I'm not looking to bust the TPG's guys chops. They do a good job. They are a business. They have a advertiser's disclosure. They are fueled by revenue from the credit card company. So they have a vested interest in it. But like I said, if you plan to pay off your card in full every month and there are no extra fees associated with putting a charge on it, go ahead and do it. I also spoke about Hertz and its impending bankruptcy where two things came to light. First, Hertz was selling off 100 of their Corvette Z06s for 60K, roughly 20 grand less than street prices. They've all been sold, folks. However, you can purchase a 2017 Kia Forte LX sedan, and more than likely I have driven this car with 80,000 miles on it for a mere $7,200. And second, check this out. According to CNN, Hertz executives received $16 million in bonuses days before bankruptcy filing. 
CNN wrote, Hertz paid out millions of dollars in bonuses to its executives just before its bankruptcy and a month after it started laying off thousands of employees. Retention bonuses are typical for bankrupt companies that want to prevent their management from abandoning ship, but they're always awkward since the company can't pay its employees or its debt to lenders, but it prioritizes payments to its already handsomely paid bosses. What's up with that? I completely understand retention bonuses as they do serve a purpose. In this case, the executives will be required to return the money, which sounds fair, right? Should they leave Hertz on their own before March 31st of 2021? A 10-month commitment. I mean, it sounds like these guys are truly in it to win it. I'm not a financial prognosticator. But the car rental market will be nowhere near where it needs to be in the next 10 months. But it still gets even better. Paul Stone, who was just promoted to CEO three days before the retention bonuses were awarded, he got $700,000 under the plan. I could only imagine how Paul's job interview went. Hertz. Paul, we'd like you to take over the helm of Hertz. Paul, that sounds great. Thanks. Hertz. Just want to let you know that we'll be filing bankruptcy in the next three days. Paul, whoa, that won't look so good on my LinkedIn profile. Hertz, Paul, there's a 700K bonus for a 10-month commitment. Paul, eh, screw LinkedIn. I've said it on almost every single Stories from Home episode. We are all in this together. If we all stick together, work together, we will all come out of this position in the right direction. Hertz looks like as if they've positioned themselves to be climbing out of a $16 million hole in order just to get back onto the playing field. And one very simple guess as to who will help get to fill that $16 million hole with money, it'll be us, the consumer. Well, there you have it, a short one. I keep wishing to say travel safe, but instead I'm going to say travel safe. And thanks for listening. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.